Greetings, brothers and sisters. As we continue to look at worship as one of the means by which the presence and power of the Holy Spirit will be ushered once again into the temple, we want to take our attention to an excellent example of worship in the temple of King Solomon when he brought in the Ark of the Covenant and dedicated the temple. When you read the scriptures from 2 Chronicles 7 verse 1 to 3, we clearly saw the glory of the Lord filling the house. There were tangible evidence of the glory of the Lord. All who were present saw the glory in the form of smoke, which represented the presence of God. Hear what the scriptures say. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. That's tangible evidence. And consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. This glory is called a Shekinah glory. And when, all, and when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord filled the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement, hallelujah, and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he, he is good, for his mercy endure it, hallelujah, forever. You know, what I think about this tangible experience of God's power coming down upon the house, ushered in because prayer was made from the heart, repentant prayer, prayer that, as the word of God says in Psalm 51, a broken spirit, a broken, a contrite heart, God, our God will not despise. You know, as I think about that, brethren in Christ, I know that God's power, hallelujah, is real. And he wants to make himself real to us. But we must enter into true worship. Worship from the heart. And so the writer of this text says, My heart burns and thirsts for such glory. David said, As the heart panted after the water brook, so panted my soul after thee, O God. And so if we slay and put ourselves on the altar and give God our entire beings, then this glory will once again fill our churches. Let me repeat this. If we slay and put self on the altar, that element of self, if we allow self to be slain in the spiritual reign, then we'll see the glory once again. Today I want to implore us that self be slain in the spirit reign. And we'll see the glory once again. It is important that we consider this as an imperative to worship. And so for worship to be effective, we must seek for God's presence to be among us. Micah chapter 6 verse 6 to 8 tells us, Wherewithal shall I come before the Lord and how and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? 
Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And he went on to say, He had shewed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. This is what Micah experienced in his relationship and encounter with God. And so the prophet Micah gives us God's requirement for his glory to come into our services. One, God requires that we live a just life where God is in control of our lives and where we must treat all men as equal. Two, we must love mercy. We must show kindness and love to an offender or enemy. Thirdly, we must walk humbly with God. In the sight of God, we must have a modest opinion of one's own importance. These things stand out, brethren. The Bible said we must do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. God is looking beyond our emotions and is looking at our heart. David said, or Isaiah rather says, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offering. Isaiah 6 and verse 6. It is time, and it's the time, is right for us to spend time to seek the Lord in worship. Worship that comes from a sacrifice that we make for the glory of God. God bless you.